0: So this message, y'all, has been kind of burning in me for quite some time, and I didn't really know it was a message. It's just an observation that I noticed over the years. Uh, In ministry, you have the opportunity to talk to so many people, and a lot of times These people don't know, unbeknownst themselves, that they have a lot in common with everybody. Like, everybody deals with all the situations and circumstances that people are dealing with. And so, uh, one of the things I've noticed over time, and y'all don't mind me, I'm gonna be like walking back and forth because that kind of helps the the juices flow for me. Um, (laughs) But uh, one of the things I noticed was um, people love the Lord. People love the Lord they read their word that not everybody but for the most part they read their word they pray they fast you know they confess they do all these things and it seems like it doesn't work it seems like it doesn't work you know you can have people come in every wednesday every friday every you know whenever the church doors are open and they get discouraged because they've been doing all these things but yet there's something in there that's causing uh, a breakthrough not to manifest. In fact, there are times that there may be a breakthrough, but then all of a sudden you flip right back to the same old, same old. And so I ask God, why is that? Why is it that we, in in one breath we're like, yeah this. I got that word. Uh, I understand anointed associations. I understand everything that pastor Keith talks about here. And you're excited and you walk out of those doors and you feel good. You feel good. When you hear a message that resonates in your spirit, you know, or, or, or something that you're dealing with, you feel good at the moment because why? You think, hey, God is With me, God is hearing me. God is here. How did He know or she knew that we were going to talk about this? So apparently, God already knew what was in my heart, and I'm here. And so you get a sermon like, walk out, and you're you're, you'll say to yourself, "Wow, I, I could do this. Wow, I'm free. Wow, I'm changed. Wow, look at me." can do this. I mean, you, you, you tell yourself that and you walk outside those doors and depending on what you're faced with when you walk out of the doors determines what's going to happen to that word that was deposited on the inside of you. See, now the word works, the word works, prayer works, uh, studying all those things we need to do. And, and so it doesn't mean that that doesn't work. It means that something has been short circuiting our efforts. Something's been short circuiting short-circuiting our efforts. Do you wonder why 2 Corinthians five seventeen seems to not work or work fast enough because you're still dealing with the same hurt, anger, loneliness, sadness, fear, shame, guilt, and the list can go on and on. Do you ever wonder that? You say, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, uh, or 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new, right? So what's the problem? How come I'm dealing with the same hurt, shame, loneliness, fear, guilt, why? We can go into a a service, a healing crusade of of, of, of forgiveness. And in the moment, you feel like, hey, I am forgiven. Hey, I can forgive other people. And then you walk out, and then all of a sudden, those feelings come back. Those feelings come back. And so, uh, (laughs) Pastor and I have been saying uh, for a long time, what's not exposed can't be helped. We got to deal with those feelings. We gotta deal with those feelings. David said in Psalms 51:6, God desires truth in our inward parts, and in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. So when you expose truth, wisdom is actually right there waiting. So as you know, the 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 uh, the picture there says, Dethroned feelings. So the reason why is the de- dethroned feelings, it's going to come across, this message is going to probably come across a little contradicting um, because I have to talk about there, there, there are feelings, right? God created us that way. But there are feelings that's actually robbing us, telling us lies. And so we got to deal with that. But dethroned feelings. Defer- so it's important for us to under- understand emotions and feelings. Where do they come from? What do we do with him? We're going to enthrone Jesus to his rightful place in our life. Enthrone means to instill or install a monarch on a throne during a ceremony to mark the beginning of their rule. God wants to rule. Jesus wants to rule. The Holy Spirit wants to rule in our life. And so we have to, but, but here's the thing. They don't do it like take over spirit, (laughs) you know, like, I'm just going to do it. They have to be invited in to do it. We got to invite them to come in and get on the throne of our heart and, 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 and say, Hey, whatever you want in my life, I'm here. Whatever you say, um, um, I believe it. And so we have to actually invite them in. So today we're going to the throne, the feelings that have been sitting on the throne in your heart for years, reigning as king and queen and even acting like a God. You know, we wake up like sometimes in in the uh, mornings and we say, I don't feel like going to work. I don't feel like eating. Maybe at times, I mean, you you may not feel like eating. I don't feel like exercising. But y'all know we can't be moved by feelings. If you don't go to work, you ain't going to eat. So we got to go to work. Matter of fact, we're so confident right at that point to to denounce or deny those feelings about not going to work that that we ignore it, because we know we got to go to work, right? But some of us will actually live on feelings, live by feelings. And so God really wants us to, because here's the thing, you know, faith, we hear about faith. You know, we hear about uh, God's deliverance, his healing, his power. But there is something that has been really, really blocking. And I believe it's those feelings. Those feelings. We're, gonna, we're, we're going to dethrone them, as I said. Negative emotions should never run our life Jesus is supposed to be Lord of our life and our feelings. He can't rule our life if our emotions or feelings are ruling it. See, we've given those feelings a place that Jesus should have. We've given our feelings a place that God and the Holy Spirit should have. Today is enough, it's enough, it's it's enough. We're gonna dethrone those feelings in the name of Jesus. Now, the reason why we need to understand emotions and feelings is because they haven't always properly, or we have not always properly dealt with them. You know, I think about when, uh, when, uh, when, well, I won't get out ahead of myself, we'll just leave it at that. If we are not mindful or aware, they can keep us from living a victorious life. Our minds can be clouded with emotions and emotions will cloud wisdom. So we're always asking for wisdom, but the, the, the emotions or the feelings can actually cloud or, or crowd out mm-hmm. the wisdom. Amen. Pastor Keith actually said that. In some cases, emotions and feelings have been running our life and making bad choices for us. Mm-hmm. Miles Moreau uh, quoted, when purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. Always. See, w- we... Okay, so we got those feelings. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We're going to just talk, y'all, so bear with me. Now, where did these emotions and these feelings come from, you might ask? Let's go to Genesis 2.26. Genesis 2.26. I've got a lot of scripture, so I'll probably just make reference to it instead of having us go to it. Genesis 2.26. It says, and God said, I'll give you time to get there because I think this is important, very important. Thank you, Lord. And this is Jesus, uh, well, not Jesus, but God said, let us make man with, you know, 226, I'm sorry. Genesis two, I'm sorry, 126, sorry about that, thank you. Genesis 126, I had it wrong in my, my notes here. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the earth, or the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, verse 27. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created him, male and female, created he, them. So we see and we read that God is the one we're created in his image and after his likeness. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit has emotions and feelings. How about that? So the emotions and the feelings is not the problem. It's what kind of emotions and feelings that we, we, we deal with. God himself experienced anger. First Chronicles 13, 10 says, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against uh, Uzzah. And he smote him because he put his hand on the ark and there he died before God. Numbers 12, 9 talks about the anger of the Lord was kindled against Aaron and Miriam because they did not respect Moses' position with God. God said, if there were a prophet among them, He would speak to them in a vision or dream. But with Moses, he would be mouth to mouth and it would be very clear. Psalm 711, God judges the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every day. Deuteronomy 920, and the Lord was very angry. He didn't just say angry. He was very angry with Aaron to have destroyed him and prayed Aaron also the same time. God also experiences laughter. The wicked plot of in, well, this is found in uh, Psalms 37, 12 and 13, if you can write that down Psalms 37, 12 and 13. "The wicked plot of against the just and gnash upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for He seeth that His day is coming." God experiences compassion. Psalms 135 uh, verse 14. Write that down. This is good that you're writing it down, y'all, because you got to go back and if you don't, if you're not able to write it down here, go back and listen to it because we, we, we're we're doing something with this. For the Lord will judge his people and he will repent, meaning compa- have comp- compassion concerning his servants. Deuteronomy 32 verse 36. For the Lord shall judge his people and repent himself. For his servants, when he seeth that their power is gone and there is none shut up or left. God experienced grief. Psalm 6.6 says, and it repenteth the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. Psalm 78.40, how often did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Scripture says in Proverbs 6.16 that God hates. Now that's pretty strong emotion to hate. But six things the Lord hates. Proud look, lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that divides of wicked imaginations, feet that uh, run swift to mischief, false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the, among the brethren. Jesus himself got angry because people were buying and selling in the temple that he turned over the table of the money changers. That's found in Matthews 21, verse 12. I'm saying all this because I'm trying to, to uh, build a case that even God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus dealt with emotions. Uh, John 11:35 35 says, Jesus wept. That's the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Jesus cried with a loud voice. This is found in Matthew 27, 46. Jesus cried with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Moses broke the, the tablet of the Ten Commandments that was written on it in Exodus 32:19. Paul wrote in Ephesians 4:30 30 and 32 regarding grieving not the Holy Spirit. He's warning us, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. So just like God has emotions, we do too. So think about it. The first thing a newborn baby does when they come out of the womb, what do they do? They cry. And the reason why they cry oftentimes um, is that number one, they are exposed to cold air. Think about it, they're in the comfort of their mother's womb. So it's warm, I can ima- only imagine it's probably warm, moist, everything uh, like that. But they also are in a new environment. And so the benefit, now here's the thing, so they cry, but the benefit of the cry is that the crying expands the baby's lungs and expels the amniotic. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, sure Amniotic. say that, Amniotic. okay, well y'all know what it is. <laughs> Fluid and mucus. They cry because they're exposed, like I said, to the air and this new environment. And so, uh, and back in the day, remember, they would take the baby, put the baby upside down and smack it on the baby's butt. Uh, and, and so, think about that. The first thing a child does is they express an emotion. Now crying babies have ways to express their feelings because they can't talk. When they're hungry, they cry. Lonely, they cry. When they're hurt, and think about it, they're they're also, I guess from the the birthing process, coming through that narrow uh, canal, I mean, that has got to be painful for a child. Digestive issues, the baby will be colicky, and they cry. When they get a little older, they laugh. They make a sad face when you talk to them. You ever talk to a little baby, like, you know, I know the baby could be like maybe 11 months or maybe 10, maybe 10 or 11 months, maybe nine. And you say, are you okay? And then the little baby goes, I mean, they're expressing how, when they're expressing what you're saying. Um, So God gave us these emotions. And so I wanted to spend some time and establish that emotions and feelings are not all bad, but sometimes uh, we can have feelings that basically is catastrophic. So now what do we do with these feelings? We should never bypass our emotions when we are in the presence of God. This is the, the time to be real. This is the time, y'all, to show your emotions. It's a place that's safe to process with the Holy Spirit those feelings. So, you know, it's funny how we can go to um, a game we can go to uh, a dance, a club, you know, get a groove on. We, just, <laughs> you know, we, we, can, we can go to uh, just anywhere where the crowd is roaring. But then when we get into the house, now we're showing all kinds of emotions. Think about it. All different types of facial expressions, you know. Uh, we're screaming, we're hollering, we're, you know, we're, we're just all in. But how is it and why is it that when we come to the house of God, we show no emotions. Praise and worship is going forward. Now, y'all know if you had Ohio State game or something like that, you're, yeah, yeah, you're roaring. You're, you know, you're, <laughs> you're really in it, but praise and worship. And this is the time to get real with God. This is the time to meet with God in praise and in your worship. And so we have to be, we have to allow our emotions to feel something is blocking us when we come into God's house and we feel like we can't be real or feel free to to express really what's on our heart. Sometimes you may not feel like uh, uh, worshiping. It might be that you're so broken that God, I just want to lay before your presence right now. I just want want you to speak to my heart right now about a situation that is hurting me so bad. This is the time to do that. So God used uh, David to show us that pouring out how he felt uh, it should be in his presence. Some of the books of of Psalms, David actually journaled in his uh, feelings toward God. The interesting thing is David was chosen of God to be king of Israel. God considered him to be a man after his own heart. He was a warrior who conquered and defeated the enemies of Israel. He recaptured the Ark of the Covenant. He came up with the idea of building the temple of God. He was a great diplomat and established good political relationships with neighboring kings. But in David's feelings, let's go. I want to read uh, Psalms 22. David himself got into his feelings. How many of y'all sometimes get into your (laughs) feelings? We get in our (laughs) feelings. Get in our feelings. Some of you might be in your feelings right now. can't believe she's talking about my feelings right now. (laughs) No, God is talking about your feelings right now. All right. So Psalms 22, it says, my God, my God, why, why have thou forsaken me? That sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? Uh, Yeah, Jesus said that. Uh, Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? He felt lonely Oh, my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season, uh, and am not silent, but thou art holy. So in one breath, he's saying, Lord, you ain't even around. Then he goes on to say, now, now this, he sounds like he's, uh, what they call it when a person's uh, bipolar or, you know, it sounds like he's a little, he's dealing with some schizophrenic type situations. But thou art Holy. Thou, O oh thou that inhabits the praises of Israel, our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou didst deliver them. It's like he came to himself in that moment. They cried unto thee and were delivered they trusted in thee, and were not confounded. Then verse six, "But I am a worm. And no man a reproach of men and despised of people. All they that see me laugh to me, or laugh me to scorn. They shout out the lips. They shake the head, saying, he trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him, let him deliver him, see he delighteth uh, in him. So I wanted to read that because it just shows how David himself was all these things, and yet he called himself a worm. A no man. So now there's eight core emotions. There's hurt, anger, loneliness, sadness, fear, shame, and gladness. Those are kind of like eight cores. As I said, emotions, good or bad, are part of, actually it's a part of our human experiences in life. The problem is, many people are carrying around scars in their heart that have not been healed. Many people are carrying around scars in their heart that have not been healed. You've been told, or you told yourself, you are never going to amount to anything you're ugly, and no one will want you. No one will want you because you have already, you have already made family. You're not smart. You can't do anything right. And so these, 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 these labels and these things that people tell us about ourselves and things that we tell ourselves about ourselves, we start to believe them the reality is they're really not the truth. But we believe those lies, and so we start acting out in our lives some of those lies that people have told us. Examples of a, a, a person who deals with emotional trauma, and this is some of you, then you know, you, you know what's going on. They have a deep sense of unworthiness that they can't seem to shake. Even when God said in, in Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained or planned or prepared that we should walk in them. Lamentations 3.22-23 says, The steadfast, steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. But yet that person feels a deep sense of unworthiness and they can't seem to shake it. How you know you're in trauma, uh, emotional trauma? They experience and continue feeling of anxiety, even when God said in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your cares or anxiety upon him, for he cared for you. They feel inadequate, even when they hear the word Psalm 73, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. They may have like inner nagging uh, uh, feelings that says, I'm no good. I'll never amount to anything. No one can ever love me. Everything I do is wrong. When this person becomes a Christian, part of their mind believes God's love, accepts God's forgiveness, and is at peace for a while until their feelings get in the way and then they stop believing. Suddenly, out of nowhere, they feel God doesn't love me. He has not not forgiven me. His grace is gone. They feel like what is the use of praying when God's not listening anyway? How many of y'all have felt that way? Like what's the use of even praying? Some people deal with other feelings like perfectionism or perfectionism. They have a constant feeling that they are a failure, never measuring up, never being enough, never doing enough to please everybody, including God. Perfectionism perfectionism, uh, produces a distorted picture of God with feelings of doubt, rebellion, and anger against a God you can never please. So can you imagine, you know, on this quest to please God, it's like a, if you're on a ladder and you go up to the third ladder because you see God and you get up to that third uh, step and then only for, for him to go three more steps up and then you go to three steps up and then he goes another three steps. So you're always in this pursuit or this chase and, and trying to connect with God and he's just not there. And so perfectionism uh, is, is really interesting because you start to see people, like you're expecting them to be perfect. You expect God to be perfect. And when he doesn't measure up, then you, you or they don't measure up, then you, you get angry with them. God is perfect now, so don't get me wrong, he is perfect. But sometimes God will do things to teach us things, but it can come across like he's punishing us. Super sensitive, they've been deeply hurt. These people have been deeply hurt. They reached out for love, approval and affection, but instead they, they may have gotten the opposite. It can be very difficult to give them truth. You ever talk to somebody and you try to give them truth and they just constantly try, they almost like they repel the truth. You try to teach them, you try to train them and and, and, and make them aware, but they, they just constantly just try to push it away. Super sensitive. Fear of failure. They fear that they will make the wrong choice. They become afraid to lose the game of life. So they find a way or never really get in the game. They sit on the sidelines waiting and making excuses because they're not in the game. They would rather give up than try. Fear of failure. Past hurt. Sometimes we deal with lingering emotional pain from inner turmoil, uh, damaged feelings, unhealed memories. Sometimes we can freeze ourselves uh, and others in time. We can't get past what they said or what they did. I give, for instance, we were my husband and I were we were in a stat. and. Many years ago, uh, I had a fa- family member tell me, and some of you have maybe heard this story, but many years ago, uh, I had a family member, very close family member, t- uh, told me that um, I was stupid because I couldn't do what they expected me to do, like at the sp- spare of the moment. And, and it wasn't that I didn't have the ability to do it. Well, let's say it this way. I couldn't read at the time, and I was young. I was young when this happened. Fast forward years later, my husband and I were in a spat, and he said, that was stupid. I didn't hear that was stupid, I heard you said I was stupid. Man, that thing, I'm telling you, it took, like y'all know I'm pretty much a jovial person, right, I think for probably a month, well, I said two weeks, but he said probably a month, it was like, like, like I had no life in me. Because he, I felt, called me stupid. And he was saying, I didn't call you stupid. I mean, he was begging me and, and I'm, no, I heard you call me stupid. I mean, I was like adamant about it. But why? Because that was said to me when I was a young child. And yet that thing kept coming with me, flowing with me year after year and I even found myself, y'all, because I had to think about this. Why why was it that I felt like, because I didn't graduate high school, that I was not smart, because I ended up having to get my GED, interesting enough, I, I took the GED. You know how they have the little uh, GED preps? I didn't even do that. I just took the GED and passed. So that, what does that tell you? <laughs> so, so, But the thing is, um, because I didn't do that, uh, finish high school, I felt like, oh, my God, I missed some things. Oh, my God, they're going to think I'm stupid when I go to a job interview and they ask me, did I finish high school? So for years, that plagued me. Like, you know, and I did finish a little, I I went to uh, community colleges and things of that nature. So, I mean, I got some education uh, under my belt, but it's just the whole premise of that seed that was sown at that time followed me. And it manifested in so many ways in my life that was crazy. I found myself in relationships where I would, I would always stay on top of everything because I didn't want to be looked at as I didn't know anything. So I would learn, bust my butt and learn things that men would do. It could be like I put a, 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 an alternator on my car. Yeah, I mean, it was stuff like that, that I it stretched myself to show that, see, yeah, I'm not stupid, but I didn't know it was coming from that place. Do you understand what I'm saying? I didn't know it came from when I was seven. And so you can go through life and, and you know, dotting all your, cro- your I's, crossing all your T's, you know, to, to do something that you were affected when you were younger. How many of us in this place is like living life out of something that someone said or did to us, like today? And so we gotta get real with those emotions, man, because they, they really do run us. We can't be moved by emotions or feelings. Feelings change from moment to moment. Our feelings can even make us feel like we're not even saved. How many of y'all felt that way? You know, especially new when you became a new person in Christ and you were like, well, it may not even be when you were new. It could be sometimes now you say, dang, I'm questioning whether or not I'm even saved. Will I make it to heaven? Have you ever thought thought about that? It's like, okay, now will I make it to heaven? Like, like. And, and especially if you read some, some of the stuff and you see yourself in some of the stuff and it says, well, you know, no whoremonger, no whatever, all these no can't make it into the heaven. Then you're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You wonder, will I make it in? <laughs> uh, some of our feelings, like I said, has been running our life for years. And in most cases, we have put our feelings above God and his word. In some cases, we've created our own God using our feelings. Whatever you believe becomes your truth. So challenge yourself about what you believe, why you believe it, how did you come to believe it, and is it worth believing? We gotta do that, y'all. We gotta challenge these truths that we think is truth even. Think about what you're thinking about. You always hear me say that. What we believe, we end up saying, and when we say what we believe, we have what we say. That's Proverbs 18:21. 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Some people don't believe truth because if they accept it, they will have to change, and change is uncomfortable. But the question is, are you willing to authenticate, investigate, and vet your lack of belief? John 14, 6, Jesus told Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So the bottom line is we must dethrone our feelings because they have been sitting on the throne of our heart and mine mostly And importantly, like all the time, they have been taking God's place. We gotta dethrone those feelings, y'all. It's not fair to God that our feelings have been leading and ruling our lives and when we don't get the desired outcome and we even get mad with God. So how do we change our feelings and beliefs to line up with God's truth? One, we got to rely on the Holy Spirit for help. Romans 8.26 says the Holy Spirit will help all of our infirmities, our physical and mental weaknesses. He is the divine counselor. We've got to renew our mind with the word of God. In Romans uh, 12.2, the Bible is primarily uh, the source of God uh, uh, has given us To renew our mind. So the word of God is what really is the main source to renew our mind. We have to stay the course and don't give up until. Do it until. God's word is alive and working and is sharper than any or uh, uh, a double-edged sword. It cuts all the way into us where the soul and the spirit are joined to the center of our joints and bones. And it judges The word judges the thoughts and the feelings in our heart. That comes from Hebrew uh, 4.12 in the New Century Version. We have to get real with our feelings by facing them, no longer stuffing them. Some of us are stuffers. Acknowledging to God that our feelings have been hurt and allowing him to heal it. See, and I, I won't say men, I will say this. Sometimes men... It's hard for them to admit feelings. It's hard for them to talk about their feelings. But God wants us to do that. It's quick for a woman. So how, were, how, was, you, how, how was your day today? You know, go to Z. She's fabulous and she's going to break down how come it was fabulous. You know, a man, it was good. That's it. It was good. So we, as 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 God's people, we got to get used to actually talking about how we feel, not from a standpoint of, uh, you know, just resting in the feeling, but acknowledging the feeling. You got to acknowledge, I was hurt. Like I'll give you, for instance, years ago, I was talking to a young lady. Um, she was dealing with um, hurt. From being molested. And, you know, I, I ministered to her and got off the call, and it hit me. I never dealt with Melanie. And in my time in prayer with God, I cried out and I cried and I cried for her. And I told her, I said, I am so sorry that I was silent. I'm so sorry that I didn't tell anybody what happened to you. Now, that kind of sounds a little schizophrenic in a way, but it was me getting in touch with what happened in that situation. I had to acknowledge she was hurt. But what happened was when I got hurt, I got myself together and kept it moving. How many of us have been hurt in so many ways, whether it be someone told you some things, whether it be that you've been molested, sexually, mentally, physically, and you just take yourself up and you keep it moving. And you think that you're okay. But that was never dealt with. And so the manifestation of that started to show it wasn't wasn't dealt with. Here's how it showed for me. I found myself in relationships down the road where things were uncomfortable for me. And guess what? Silent. Never said anything. Now, you would say, well, if something hurts, wouldn't you say something? Uh Uh-uh. Because I trained myself to what? Be silent. So we have a, we have a voice. We've got, we've got to actually give these feelings over to God. We've got to cry out to God. We've got to acknowledge what happened and challenge yourselves. Why am I feeling this way? Because the bottom line is, it's a lie. And either we're going to continue to believe the lie or we're going to go ahead and establish or embrace the truth. What does God say? We can't do anything what happened back when. But what does God say now? That's what we got to believe. That's what we got to hold to. Not what happened. Now, we, we acknowledge it and we give it over to God, right? Because we got to do something with those feelings. And sometimes you, have to, you may have to like talk to him again about it. You just do it until... You keep doing it until, but you, men and women, you've got to start talking because what happens is it's a secret and a secret is only powerful when it remains a secret. Kill the power of a secret. Tell somebody that you can trust. So like pastor had been talking about um, anointed associations Find that anointed association that you can talk to about what happened. Get those feelings out. Deal with it. Keep your mind stayed on God no matter what. Isaiah 23. It says, For thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Check your thinking to see if it's aligned or aligned with Philippians 4, 8, 9. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Reject the thoughts that do not line up with God be quick to cast down the imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Can you, uh, let me, I want to do something real quick. Uh, if you can you know, get, get the, oh, you, there's a um, tissue, box of tissue. And so you can come on up here. And so uh, I want you to think of something that you are throwing at me. It could be something negative, you know, uh, it's a thought. Now she's gonna represent the thought, okay? She's gonna she's represent the thought. But the thought is coming to me because Satan's trying to introduce this thought to me, okay? So, yeah, what, what no, you're gonna do the whole box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so, yeah. Wait a minute, first you gotta tell me, what, what did you give me? <laughs> <laughs> what did you give me? Doubt. Doubt. I shall not doubt. I shall, I shall not fear. You see what I'm saying? Like, you got to cast it down. You can grab it again. You got to cast it down. You got to, okay, what else are you trying to give me? What, take your best shot. Lies. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> you, do you get the point? You got you to gotta reject it. What else? Pain. I am never in pain. In fact, Jesus died for me, and by his stripes, I am healed. Come on, give me some more. Debt. Debt. God is my provider. He owns everything. So if he owns everything, I own everything. My debts have been canceled. You can, one more, just for the sake. So I'm just trying to get you to see how to cast it down. What'd you say? What'd you say? Oh, I really meant that thing. <laughs> okay, go ahead. And see how quickly it came at me. So that's how the enemy does, real quick, before you even get a chance to think. Go ahead. Shame, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I am no longer go, going to be in shame for things I've done a long time ago. The Bible says I'm a new creature in Christ and old things are passed away. Behold, I am new in Jesus' name. One more. Give me one more. Give me one more. Anger. Anger. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. The Bible tells me that I, it says be angry and sin not. So guess what? I'm mad right now, I'm angry, because you've been throwing all these things at me, but I won't sin. (laughs) But I can't express the fact that I am uh, uh, disappointed with all those things that were said, or whatever the case is. I'm telling, actually, that wouldn't go to the devil, because I'm I'm mad at him. (laughs) But if that was someone else, you see what I'm saying? So, thank you. I, I just want people to see how to reject it, how to cast it down. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Be ready to obey God and go back. Uh, the, the, actually, Second um, Chronicles 10, or Corinthians, I'm sorry, 10, 6 says, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is filled, fulfilled. Sometimes, you know, we got to go back to that last thing God told us to do. You know, a lot of times we'd be looking for counsel and be looking for wisdom on, on what to do and God gives you that and then you come back. You didn't do the first thing he told you to do. and Then you come back and you ask the same thing. God has said, go back. What did I first tell you to do? You can't go to uh, step two if you haven't done, done step one. Remove whatever or whoever is impairing your judgment or the ability to process Alcohol and drugs, y'all know we talk about that a lot here at this church, because it shrinks our cortex in the brain, which, which helps us, the cortex is actually what helps us to process information correctly. So if we're blinded to that, we won't be able to like really um, uh, respond in the correct way. Harden not your heart, Psalms 95, seven, eight. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. What you feel is not what will bless you, your obedience will. Pastor Keith actually made that uh, comment. So how do we dethrone these feelings from ruling and reigning? Validate your feelings. Write them down and make Jesus Lord over them. Renew your mind to God and his word. Pray uh, to the real God in the Bible, not the one we created in our mind. God is patient and loving. When we are trying to do something for the first time, we fall because we are getting the hang of things God does not say. Oh, this is what I, this is what I meant by that. So remember we talked about we're becoming this new creature? Well, we're, we're, we're going to miss it. We're not perfect, so we're going to miss it, right? Well, if you're trying to train your child how to walk and they fall, you don't say, get up, you dummy. You don't do that. Right? Well, God doesn't do that. Like he's patient with us. And so take the pressure off yourself. You know, uh, God understands that this life that we're living as a Christian is a process. Very, very important. Memorize scriptures where your mind needs to be renewed. Make God's word your word. Make God's word your word. Spend time in prayer and giving thanks to God for changing your heart and healing you of those emotions and agree with God. Agree with what he's saying in his word. Understand and accept his love and his grace. See, the world teaches us to be true to ourselves. And if we're going to be real with ourselves, authentic, genuine, then we have to be true to ourselves, right? And to be true to ourselves, we have to go, what, inside ourselves. We can't get the truth anywhere else, but we have to go inside ourselves. And when we go inside ourselves, we're going to ask ourselves, how do you feel? (laughs) Because we have a thought, we have expressions, we have opinions and emotions, we have compulsions, We have a feeling about that situation, right? As soon as we go inside ourselves and ask ourselves based on how we feel, then we're just going to be true to ourselves, right? That means that truth, whatever you come up with, surrenders to our feelings. Then we say to ourselves, it can't be wrong if it feels so right, I was reminded of a, uh, a song <laughs> back in the day, and some of y'all probably know what this is, but it was basically, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. If being right means being without you, I'd rather live a wrong-doing life. Your mama and dad, daddy say it's a shame, it's a downright disgrace, but as long as I got you by my side, I don't care what the people say. Your friends tell you, it's no future in loving a married man. So see, that, that, that's a good example of that. If I can't see you when I want, I'll see you when I can. If loving you, all because. It, look, it can't be wrong if it feels right. <laughs> so now God teaches us. But that's a good example of that. You see what I'm saying? God teaches us to be true to Him, who is our Creator. Uh, We are created in His image and after His likeness. We have the purpose of God on the inside of us. And to be true to Him, guess what? We don't go inside, we got to go outside. We got to go outside of, because it's not here, it's here. And we have to ask, God, What do you say? What do you say? What do you say? What do you say? Oh, I got that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, you said it. I believe it. You said it. I believe it. Mm. What, what, What does God say? Now we're looking for the truth and the truth is in God. So we go outside ourselves to God's word we look at what he says, we believe it, and then we act on what he says, then our feelings should surrender to his truth. Because the truth is what makes us free. That's the problem, y'all. Sometimes we can get so caught up in, uh, hey, I'm going to cast that spirit of rejection down. How about We not surrender to the lie that the enemy has told us. So we're over here fighting a spirit when it's, it should be, it's a lie. What does the truth of God's word say? We're either going to believe, y'all, we getting at it. We're we're in a place now. Honestly, we're at a place now. Either we're going to believe or we're going to sink. Either we're going to believe or we're going to talk ourselves out of even being a Christian, to be honest with you, because being a Christian requires us to believe, not believing in the lies that the enemy is telling you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You don't have what it takes. The Bible says, in my words, says you're more than a conqueror in Christ. That's the key in Christ. In Christ, we can do all things which strengthens us. You see what I'm saying? We got to know. What does the word say? This should be our final authority. This got to be our final authority. If your feelings, if your little feelings, I, I, I shouldn't say your little feelings. If, if your little feelings has is, is, is been, you know, tapping on your heart day in and day out, Tell those feelings to get out of your life. They are lies. What happened to you, I'm sorry, long time ago, I'm sorry, but the reality is by Jesus' stripes, you are healed. I'm sorry you had to file bankruptcy many years ago, but according to his word, he is your provider. See, it doesn't, we gotta let go. So, but we gotta, it's a process again. See, because you gotta deal with these feelings. You wanna validate it, you wanna keep stuffing them. You know, we, we can be stuffers and stuff those feelings. Acknowledge them, especially men. Men, you gotta do this. You, I'm telling you, men, you are powerful beyond measure. I mean, you are very powerful. But I think the, the, the power in you can go to a whole nother level if you pour out. None of us are designed to carry anything, and so when we, when in women, it's not just men, but I'm speaking to the men because I know sometimes it's very difficult to talk about your feelings. You know, you, you feel some kind of way, and you know, uh, the first thing your wife or whoever comes to you, they say, "Well, you okay? I'm okay, but you're hurting." You're sad. What's wrong with saying, I'm sad? That's an emotion, that's a feeling. It's okay, it's okay. It doesn't lessen your manhood. Actually, it increases it. It makes people see that you are human, that you, are, you, have, you have an inner strength. You have a humility. God gives grace to the humble you have a humility and people love to see that, especially women. I remember when I, when me and my husband was together, you know, um, he just wasn't an emotional type person. And I had some concerns about that cause I'm very emotional. <laughs> and so I, I was like, I wonder why he doesn't cry. And, and, and then he called me at my job and he was watching this movie called Patch Adam. And he was crying. And I said, Oh, there is a, there is someone inside that body. There is a live person. I mean, you know, because men, I think you you were told not to cry. Suck it up. But it like hurts. You know, all of us. I, I remember, you know, getting getting whooped and uh, that you know, you just beat me and you tell me to stop crying. Like, and then and then if y'all like me, this is what this is why. I, <laughs> y'all ever do that? Yeah, hyperventilating. I'm just like, you tell me stop crying, but you just hit me. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? It makes no sense. And so sometimes we have to really, really be free. Be free. I tell you, you will become so beautiful to your wife if she can hear your most intimate thoughts. She won't take advantage of you. She will see it as a strength. She would love, if your woman is always saying, what you thinking about? What, 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 if she's always saying that, it's because she know you're thinking about something and she wants in, she wants to to be inside you. Think about it, we came from a man. So when you come from something, you always wanna go back in it, right? You wanna visit from time to time. So she wants to go inside you, inside the way you think, inside the way you process things. And she's not doing it to to be like, oh, look at him. He's so weak. Get it together, brother. (laughs) She's, She's not even thinking that way. If she's a good godly woman, she is grateful she is so grateful to be able to have that part of your heart. The Bible says in Proverbs that the a woman, the woman that's a, 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 a godly woman, her, it says, that he, say that, he, doth he doeth trust in her. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, one way that you can show that you trust in her is you are showing her you, all of you, your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings about everything. God, I think, is challenging the men in this place right. this week to try what I'm talking about because you can be a stuffer and it's going to come out. See, think about it. A lot of times it comes out in anger for men. And the anger is throwing things, loud, being loud. But anger is just a, it's, it's, it's a frustration. The root of it is a frustration of fear, hurt, and uh, um, uh, uh, fear hurt, well, let's just say fear and hurt. And so the, the, the person, if they really was to say where it's coming from, the anger coming from, what they're saying is, I fear this is what's gonna happen. I hurt, I'm frustrated because of what you said. Instead, they get angry. Remember back in the day, you would tell a kid, use your words. Now you use your words. You know, if the child's feeling, you know, uh, mad or whatever, use your words. God is saying, use your words. Use your words. Because you've got to give that feeling a word. You're going to acknowledge that feeling. But what happens is a stuffer and men, <gasps> You know, I mean, they're just, they're just going off. But when the reality is inside them, they're saying, I really, really am frustrated because you're not listening to me. You see what I'm saying? So now the woman doesn't hear that. She sees rah, rah, and guess what? Now she's like, like, I don't know what you're going to do. And now she can't safely trust in him. Cause she's afraid when the reality was, I just want you to listen to me or it hurts me when you ignore my feelings. See what I'm saying? Like really start, try that on for size this week. I just promise you the Holy Spirit's gonna bring something as a example, I promise you that. (laughs) So try it on and just see, I'm telling you, we got to get to a place where we let these emotions, like we, we really deal with them once and for all, because out of that, we'll be making choices in our life, and it'll be based on an emotion, how you feel. And it can't be that, y'all. Feelings change. Feelings change moment by moment. We have got to embrace The truth. Because that's what's going to set us free. So when those feelings come up, you're not good enough. You don't have what it takes. You know, you're going down. uh, Look at you. Look at you. Your feelings and your feelings. You're in your feelings. Acknowledge them. Give them to God. And then look at what God says in his word as the truth. And that truth is what's going to set us free, y'all. You're not, whatever you did a long time ago, I don't care if you, if you had an abortion. I don't care if you killed somebody. I don't care whatever, if you stole, whatever the case is, you're not that person. If, you've, if you're a born-again believer, you're not that person. Let it go. He did. That sin is cast into a sea of forgetfulness. You think about a sea, you... So much stuff is in there. You can't even find it. So let it go. Quit beating yourself up. And deal with what God is doing in your life. If something keeps coming around all the time, y'all, guess what? God keeps bringing it back around just because he wants you to find something. He wants you to learn something. He wants you to make an adjustment. But what we do is we get in our feelings Every time, I just, it always happens to me. You know, it's going to happen to you until you make that adjustment. Amen. And you believe what God's word is saying. And you obey what God's word is saying. That's the key. You got to obey. All right, my time is up. And glory to God. Well, Father, we thank and praise you for that word, Lord God, and we ask that you would seal it in our hearts, Lord, that we can uh, understand about these emotions that we have and we will dethrone those feelings that are keeping us from the true us who is created in you and after you, Lord. So thank you for this word, Lord God. Now, if anybody is here and under under the sound of my voice, um, you've been led by your feelings for so long and you realize that you know you have been stuck in a place because you haven't been in touch with those feelings and you don't even know what to do with those feelings, I wanna pray for you and, and if anybody out there has not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior because honestly, if you haven't done that first, anything and everything after that is mute. But if you really, really want an opportunity to live a life I'm not saying it's going to be peaches and creams because life happens, but having a savior of the world with you when life happens is the key. You're not alone. His mercy and his grace is right with you. And so if that's you and you want to give your life to the Lord, today's your day. If you've backslidden, you've once walked with God and then you've backslidden because you got disappointed or discouraged about how your life was as a Christian at that time, God is calling you back. And you can begin again. So if that's you, then I ask that you slip your hand up or uh, uh, come forth And if anybody here wants to, uh, I talked about it earlier today, uh, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It's something that God has given every believer, It's power from on high. If that's you, then I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. So if if you wanna be born again, if you want to rededicate your life, if you want to receive baptism of the Holy Spirit, Um, and any other prayer requests just raise your hand and we'll pray anybody anybody online okay all right so I assume all minds are clear well glory to God let's get ready for giving and receiving giving and receiving tithes and offering we'll say that (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope this word um, resonated with you. Um, It's hopefully going to help you uh, to be mindful of your feelings. But not to rest in your feelings, but to challenge those feelings. Really, really challenge. Why am I thinking this? Why? Why? Why do I keep thinking this? Is it lining up with God's word? That's the key. So funny, uh, the message, it was was ministering to me. (laughs) You know, I didn't realize how many... Uh, feelings I had about certain things. Uh, If somebody did something to you, said something to you, the Bible says forgive. And y'all know every time when I talk, I'm always talking about forgiveness because I believe that that's an area that as, as Christians, we fail. God wants us to love our brothers and our sisters. And so forgiveness is, is for us. It's not necessarily for the person. It's for us. Because we hold that person captive in our heart. We imprison them in our heart. The very person that you don't like. Does that make sense? I mean, think about that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the, the uh, seed that was sown tithes and offering, we lift it up to you, Lord God. We ask that you bless the people that have given, uh, multiplied their seed sown. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. I mean, think about that, y'all. If there's somebody, if, some, if, there, if, there, if, there, if there's somebody that has offended you, the Bible says forgive so you can be forgiven. There's going to be times that you're gonna need forgiveness. And if you think that that is not true, you are mistaken. So you gotta forgive. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Think about it, some people, well I don't don't feel like I forgave them. It ain't about feeling, it's about obedience. God said forgive so you can be forgiven. So guess what, I ain't got to feel it. Hey, brother, I forgive you. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? And then sometimes now, if you feel, (laughs) if you feel like maybe there's still something in your heart. Because, see, think about it. The, The forgiveness, the forgiveness is to let the person free from the prison of your heart. So some people got their, they got people imprisoning their heart for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And they got the lock and key in their hand and they, they, they're not letting them out. The problem is the same person that abused you or or what you think offended you is now living inside you. That's deep when you think about that. I don't want somebody that I'm offended with to live inside me because now when when they live inside me, guess what? I'm mindful of that person every day. Even if I don't think it, it's in my heart. So if, the, if you're in that unforgiveness state, you have got to let that person go. And, it, and it, 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 the easy thing is, don't even say nothing to the person. No, you need to go to the person. I forgive you. So I, I had to say that, that. That's not in my message, but that should be something because I'm telling you that unforgiveness will keep you. You can't receive because your heart is filled up with all the people that you imprisoned in your heart. Let them go. You don't even want to think about them. So why you got them in your heart? (laughs) Let them go. All right. I think that's it.